Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Boomer. Some people don't like the term, but I think, like many other words, it's all in how you say it. My umbrella business is Boom with a Bang, and I think we should keep that in mind as much as possible. We Boomer women don't have a lot of role models as we traverse this chapter. So the goal of this podcast is to introduce you to guests who might incentivize, encourage, teach you to embrace your wisdom, our wisdom. With this incarnation of the Boomer Woman's Podcast, I'm interviewing people who have a message of interest for our demographic. If you want to hear about or learn about something specific, let me know and I'll find someone who understands us to talk about it. There's a contact page at boomwithabang.com. If you want to be a guest on podcast or know someone who would be a great guest, message me. Finally, this show is all about conversation. We women know its value, we know how to do it, and we must perpetuate the art form. So let's get started with today's show. Welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. I'm your host, Agnes Knowles. Senior Living Communities. They seem to come in an increasingly greater number of shapes and sizes. When I sold my last house, I was relieved to be done with the work, the hassle, the expense of home ownership. I still work with elders in my city, and I spout the benefits of senior living communities regularly. I watch one couple strain to deal with their large house and property. He seems to be in almost constant physical pain, and neither one of them use over half of their home. Downsizing into an independent living facility seems to me to be a great idea for them. My guest today is a marketer for a senior living community, and she comes with a wealth of knowledge about them. Whether you're looking at the lifestyle for yourself or for a loved one, Tanya will explain it all. Mm-hmm. Tanya Griffin, welcome to the Boomer Woman's Podcast. Thank you, Agnes. I appreciate you. Thank you. This is such an honor. So thank you so much. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to this conversation. Now, my career in elder care happened quite by accident. How did you come to a career in in, uh, senior living? That's a great question. Mine was by accident and divine. Um, I had a friend that knew about Williamsburg in 1989, and they said they were, she talked to the social activities director, and they were looking for a part-time interim two-week activity assistant while the current assistant goes on vacation because her daughter was having a baby because she was an older lady. And then she decided not to come back. And then they asked me to stay on. I had no idea what I was doing. (laughs) And then Debbie, that social activities director at the time, you know, we worked together, we did parties. And then at December of that same year, she moved on. And so Ron, who I was previously talking to you about our president and one of our owners, he asked me to be the director. So it was just, and I love seniors. I think it truly is divine. I feel like they helped raise me because I was pretty young. <laughs> and then I loved it. Really, it just happened by accident and divine. So, well, it sounds like you and I actually have the same intro because right. I was helping a friend out too. And she decided to retire. And it's just like, well, you just take the job, Agnes. <laughs> right. <So. laughs> yeah. Now, despite their popularity and their abundance, really, nowadays, senior living communities still come with a bit of a stigma of old people. But there's different types of living situations. Could you start by just explaining the difference between independent living and assisted living? Sure. So every independent 
living community is a little bit different. Independent living to us is an apartment. They come and go as they please. We have, um, like in our community, we have a good morning button, a check-in, but it's really independent. They still work. They drive. They just don't want to worry about the house, the yard, the housekeeping, changing the AC filter, getting an AC guy because the AC's out, you know, getting a roofer. All of that becomes overwhelming. And they just, they're tired. And then the assisted is a little bit more help. You know, they need help with bathing, dressing. You know, they need maybe a little bit more help with making decisions, you know, sometimes. But it's really the mobility issue. And some are just like, I'm fine. I just need a little bit of assistance. But I've noticed in my experience that even communities in Baton Rouge, their independent and assisted is a little bit different. And so some communities around the country do not, with independent, don't even do a health assessment. Us as a community, we do that. So it's very important, you know, to um, for independent and assisted to know the difference and that we're not a nursing home and it's not just for old people. It's for retirees that don't want to have to worry about, you know, all the four bedroom home, you know, because it's overwhelming. And then they start to downsize. It's funny because... These uh, independent living communities have been around for a while now, and it seems to me that, you know, having some meals prepared, having some house, housekeeping done for you, it's going to be an ideal lifestyle, you know, because you oh, still come and go. Yeah, yeah. Right. I mean, two hot meals a day, once a week housekeeping, they change your bed linens. You know, independent can also include transportation to and from the doctor's office. You know, someone may have an eye doctor appointment and they don't need to be driving if their eyes are being dilated so we can drive. And then they have communities have a big bus most of the time and then they can go on trips, you know, and shopping and out to lunch, out for breakfast. Down here, we love, you know, coffee and beignets in Louisiana. So (laughs) and so uh, people love to do that. You know, we like to eat all of our good, you know, spicy food. But yeah, it's really important to get not to have that stigma that it's it's old people, it's a nursing home and that type of thing. Well, and I know, too, even moving on to assisted living, you know, like sometimes it's nice just to have a bit of help with something or Mm -hmm. what my experience was is people flourish once they know that there's other people around and, you know, they can check in or they get to know a few people at the hall, that sort of thing. Um, you must see that a lot. I do. Um, socialization is the most important thing, especially after the staycation, as I called it, of two years. You know, <laughs> that's a much better twist and turn than, you know, what we had the COVID pandemic. Yes, yeah, socialization, because they're just there by themselves especially if they're not driving that much, even though they still drive, they might not have a lot of friends. A lot of their friends have passed on. And so that socialization is so important. It really is. And the safety too, because as you know, communities are all enclosed, their safety, they're locked. The front door does not go outside. So you don't have some stranger walking up to your front door too. And, you know, you don't know who it is. In communities, you have to check in and out. Yeah, but assisted living is amazing. It's a really much needed. Yeah, yeah. Now, when people are looking for a site to live, a place to live, Mm -hmm. 
what sort of location aspects are they looking at? Like close to shopping, close to cultural venues, uh, close to family? Like what do you see most of? That's a very good question, Agnes. So they are looking for close to their home. Okay. The children's home. Okay. Loved one's home. Right. Because they don't want to try drive 40 minutes to go see mom if they can help it. Some people do. Okay. Some people do, but that's number one, close to shopping, close to doctor's appointments, you know, just kind of like centrally located if possible, but also maybe even churches as well too. And also in our community right here in the heart of Baton Rouge, we're close to YMCA's health clubs, you know, a huge um, town, it's called town center. It has Whole Foods. It has all those staple, beautiful, you know, Talbots, all those ladies close, closing shops that they like to shop. So, and then close to doctor's office too, as well and churches, you know, so, and so families like to um, be able just to run by even I've heard, um, Oh, well, I work downtown. So when I leave, I'm going to pass by and come see mom or dad. So it's very convenient for them. Right. So then they don't have to, you know, they can see them every day if they want to. I have one daughter, she comes every day to see her mom right after work. So it's it's really important, but again, it's just on what people are looking for. And I and I tell people, look, it's okay. I completely understand if that location is better for you, I, you know, because they live out, you know, maybe in South Baton Rouge or whatever the case may be. I said that's fine, but people love they hear and see reviews and word of mouth. That's the most important thing, as you know. When somebody's, you know, you always ask your friend, oh, who's your doctor or who, who is your hairstylist? So word of mouth is very important. And that brings, you know, that brings a uh, trusting issue and they trust your, you know, you trust your friend, right? Because her hair looks good or whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. like, I like your hair. So then just like communities like, oh, my mom loves it. So they'll tell somebody else. We have, you know, people that come and they um, look around. We have clubs that come and I host luncheons. So I just tell people, look, it doesn't matter if your mom moves in, you might know someone that might need some help. Maybe your church friend, your neighbor across the street. You know, I've had neighbors call me. I'm so worried about so-and-so, you know, my neighbors, they may not have a lot of family in town. And so it's just, you get all different types of scenarios. So I know that was a longer answer, but <laughs> no, no, th three things have come to mind while you've been talking and I, I hope I can go through them all is first of all, the ability to relinquish the car because yes. driving as, as I get older, you know, I love driving, but it's not as much fun in the city anymore. Right. It's correct. crazy. It, it, it really is. And it's just some people's reactions aren't, you know, as fast as they used to be the eyesight with the macular degeneration. Some people, I've had a, people decide I'm giving up the car. Now some are holding on to it, you know, but yeah, the, you know, that's very important too, to be able to have that ability to be, have transportation, even connecting with partners in the community that say, oh, I will take you it's like an Uber, but they stay with you. It's a personal consultant, okay, basically. Right. And they will take you anywhere and you just pay them by the hour and they will be your advocate. It's amazing. So we have, you know, there's all kind of ways that you can get around if you really want to. Then you save on car insurance. Maybe your car is paid off, but I mean, that can be, car insurance can be expensive. That saves Gasoline, you a couple the hundred. Price of gas. 
<laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Just crazy. And so, you know, you save a lot of money that way too. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing that I, I thought about, because it reminded me of, of one of my favorite resident families ever, was you, you talked about the daughter who would just drop in after work. You know, so often there's this sense of duty for families of like, oh, we've got to plan the afternoon to visit mother or whatever. Whereas if you can drop in every day, it's like, you know, just a quick drop in, a, a 10, 15 minute visit will do. And then maybe on the weekend you can do something a bit more, you know time consuming or something right but you know it's just it takes so much pressure off of family if it does. the elder is close oh it does and I've even had families tell me Tanya I sleep at night now knowing my mother is that way you know is that a community because you know the safety and of course the socialization you know yeah. it's a lot of it is a safety but they run by here all the time have one family six son, uh, five sons they, I mean, they're like thanking us. Thank you so much for taking care of my mother. You know, they're so gracious, even though she's doing it all, you know, <laughs> but it's that safety and that, you know, because we have, because we never close, right? This is their home. And then we always have somebody at the front desk. And I think a lot of communities have that, you know, um, for safety reasons, obviously, but any type of emergency. So yeah, that's yeah. important. Peace right? of mind for everybody. Yeah. Right. Peace of mind. Now, you also mentioned the groups that come in, like whether it's public service or community groups, whatever. I can see the benefit of that, because if one of those people in the future is going to be looking for right. either assisted living or independent living, it's like, where are they familiar with? What are they, you know, who, right. who do they remember seeing and that sort of thing? So the first person they're going to look up is you. So that's great. Yeah, we have, I tell, I tell um, residents and family members, that anybody, if you have a book club, church club, investment club, I will host it. I will get you wine, cheese. We will wine and dine you, you know, because <laughs> it's it's community space. And we also can partner like we started a Tai Chi class and basically it's for our residents. But in the past, before the COVID, we had what's called Ali. Every just about every university, I think, in the country, it's called Oshner Lifelong Learning Institute. They usually have them at, but anyway, it's classes for anyone over 50. We had the art, I mean, the, yeah, the art of campaign finance. Uh, I mean, the art of column writing. We have a famous column writer. He does all these funny things. His name is Smiley Anders. And he even came and led the class. But that was not only for our residents, but for the whole community. So that, and you know, so anyone that saw that they wanted to attend that class could come. So that's another way for us to be shown, you know, too, and just see what we're all about without trying to sell somebody, which I don't even think this is sales. You know, this is someone's life and this is someone's mother, aunt, uncle, you know, neighbor. Yeah. I, I should think that, you know, like trying to sell them would be a red flag almost for the, right. the family member. So right. now right. I've just spent the last four months watching and helping an executor deal with a large house full of furniture and generations of memorabilia like it's been in the in the family for over 100 years wow. now this executor loved the homeowner and it's been really hard on her dispensing with all the stuff while trying to respect the history now that has to be a perfect example of how an elder can maintain control of what stays what goes where and to whom and then all that taken care of, they can move into a community and just be more relaxed about all their stuff and where it is. 
Yes. Yes, ma'am. We even have um, recommend partners that we have that will actually go through your items with you and mm -hmm. do exactly. They're not executor, but they're companies and they partner and they specifically work with seniors. They'll work with anyone. And they even have senior advocates. We have a very good partnership. And so I recommend them and that's up to the families if they decide to use them, but they will help you, you know, declutter, if you will, or downsize. And then they will pack you, literally move you, schedule the movers, unpack you, and even hang the pictures on the wall. And I tell everybody, I know it may be a little bit more money than you want to spend, but that worry and that stress just comes because they're so overwhelmed. They're trying to pack. They're, they're scared that you know, what is this life going to be like? I don't know. I don't know. You know, they're nervous and anxious at 80 or whatever it is. They've lived in their home 60 years. And so they don't want to get all, you know, get rid of all their precious things. But um, for a family like that, man, if it's been in there, I would put it in a historical <laughs> place or something or put it in a museum because I'm sure it's some fabulous things that, yeah. you know, you can't, they don't make things like they used to, you know, I'm seeing with the residents and I love seeing all of those beautiful antiques and they're so, it's just, I love it. It's just, they all have a story to tell, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's all in the story. Yeah. And I must say it like the last couple of times I've moved, I've really tried to just say, nothing's precious anymore, you know, like right. styles right. change, whether it's the style of furniture or the pictures on the wall or the memorabilia, uh, you know, like it, it may have been precious to me and it, many times it still is, but trying to let go of that. you know. And, uh, and, you know, some people want to have a fresh start and they mm -hmm. say, you know what, I'm getting all new furniture. I had a family I was working with and the resident is moving from San Antonio. The son went out, bought some, you know, some new furniture for mom. And then they were going to take care of the house, right? She had a state sale. And then there's others because they want, I mean, mom or whoever it is, the loved one wants to be able to bring all those beautiful, familiar things and make it like their home. And some of these apartments, I feel like I'm literally walking into their home previously because it's so gorgeous. I'm like, oh my gosh. And I get so many wonderful ideas from, you know, families that I work with and, um, you know, the children. I'm seeing and, you know, I keep talking about that this is your title is, you know, boomer. And so what I keep thinking is the boomers want those pretty, you know, modern, you know, <laughs> everything white. Oh, I love that, too. So our so our model is kind of like that. So that appeals to, you know, the younger generation, if you will. And then, of course, mom and dad or aunt and uncle want to bring all their things that they've had in their family. So, you know, it kind of goes both ways. I mean, it just depends, you know, on what people want to do. Now, some of my female friends and I um, agree that we'd like to age in place together mm -hmm. for so yes, many reasons. Do you ever see small groups of friends all make the decision together? They do. There be neighbors, neighbors across the street. Oh my God, my so-and-so. I told my neighbor, this is so, I had one lady, she moved from a little small town. She had coffee with her best friend across the street every single day. So she moved in. The other lady said she was never moving to a retirement community because her friend moved in. She said, okay, I'm coming. She didn't want to miss her friend. And then we've had 
family members tell other families or, um, yeah, groups of friends really, you know, and I tell them, tell your friends, wouldn't you want you want, wouldn't you want to have your best friend living next to you? You know, I even had two residents that lived in what was called, I guess you would call it beautiful condos. I mean, upscale condos, townhomes in a private community. And then they ended up, I didn't know it. They, their apartments here, they are living next door to each other. It just happens like that, you know? So it's just a really neat experience to be able to, but yes, Asian place is a very good thing um, because you can even get caregivers or if you want, call them sitters, you know, to help you if you need a little bit more help, but you can stay, you know, people can stay in this apartment and their apartments forever, basically. And that's what we've had. That might be a good segue into another question I wanted to ask, which I know when I had my elder elder care career, I often wished that one site, one property could house the independent living, the assisted living, and then even the, the care part. Mm-hmm. Do you see very much of that? Around I do. You- I do. Oh, okay. So it depends on what the situation is financially too, but mm-hmm. most people try to get a caregiver and they st- they live here forever. Now, sometimes if mom or dad or the loved one needs like 24 hour caregiving, they might obviously that takes that's a lot of money plus your rent, you know. So sometimes they just and or they may need a little bit more medical care, a nurse on site all the time. We have everything third party that you can get. We have personal care assistance, but the physician assistant, doctor's house calls occupational therapy, physical therapy, x-rays, that can all be done in their apartment, you know, your analysis. But if they need a little bit more medical, they may go to another community that has a nurse and doctor on staff. And we've had that transition for a lot of, in a particular community here in Baton Rouge, not far from us. And they have just blossomed Mm -hmm. because they needed that extra care. It's a smaller community, this particular one. And because they have that constant they can change it, I guess, their medication on a whim and, you know, that they can, they just, yeah, they're, they've just blossomed. So, and then some people, like I said, their financial situation is just, you know, and then they may have to go to a nursing home and our state, I didn't know this, but I didn't know this not to get into, but Medicaid is pays for assisted living in other states here in Louisiana. It does it. It pays for nursing homes. You see, so there's a big difference. So I I learned that from actually a daughter that was looking to move her mom, you know, so I learned all kinds of things because we have to know the rules and regulations, as you know, for assisted living, there are rules and regulations by the state and depending on where you live, I mean, which state you live in, that's what you have to follow, as you know. Yeah. And I'll just add here too that we never touched on it, but I'm in Canada. Oh, and, okay. Awesome. Yeah, no, no. But even whether it's between states or between provinces, uh, just a, a word to our listeners is we all use a certain set of phraseology, but it's relatively universal. But doing a quick check within their own area, they're, they're going to come up with that. Now, uh, I was going to tell a story and I've forgotten what it was. Oh. <laughs> Oh, I know you talked about care and then the security of knowing they've got care. One of my favorite stories at a site I worked at, because I always worked at um, advanced complex care and we had a palliative care room. Oh, yes. 
we finally gave up because whenever people moved in there to offer them a bit more space so family could visit, spend time, they rallied and never did pass on. So we gave oh. up having a palliative care room. It was right. uh, it was kind of fun in that regard. Oh, now, yes. Now, I've just told a story. Rumor has it you're a storyteller. Can you right. share a story about an elder who's perhaps really been reluctant or refusing even to move in to a community like yours and then ended up being one of your best ambassadors? Oh, that's a very good, that's a very good question. So a young man, or I'll say, you know, a senior, he lives, he's going back and forth from his sons out of state to his daughter that lives here. So his daughter takes a tour. Oh my God, my dad would love this, but he will not hear of it. Nothing. Okay. I told her, I said, how about I just go and visit, just go to your house literally. And I won't even talk about it. I won't say anything. And so I got, she's like, oh my God, you would do that. I said, of course I have videos. If he wants to see it, if not, I'm just going to go have a conversation with him, you know, just like you and I. And so I go and the first thing he tells me, because he knows where I'm coming from. Right. And he says, I'm not going there. I said, oh, Mr. Bob, it's a, it's fine. That's OK. And I start talking to him and he tells me what a wonderful artist. I mean, he shows me and starts showing me his paintings, his drawings. Now, I'm not really talking about, you know, we're just having a conversation like you and I. By the end of the you know time that we spent together, he gave me one of his drawings and paintings. To me, that was a sign that, hey, I mean, it doesn't mean he's coming, but hey, we made it. We made a connection. He was so sweet. I was so honored. OK, because he started drawing when he was 10 and he's probably like, I would say, 80s. So that's a long time. And he still does it. And so his son-in-law, there's some certain family members can kind of persuade, you know, <laughs> can per, uh, persuade. So his son-in-law said, let's just go and see. We're just going to go have lunch. That's it. I did not try to, I just walked, I just showed him around. I didn't even really talk to him per se. I just showed him around because he got the seat that we had lunch first and we just walked around. He saw there, these weren't, this wasn't a nursing home. This wasn't, he loves to dance. He's the best dancer. He, I mean, he just comes up with a big smile every time we have a dance because we always have entertainment and we need more and more dancers. So especially <laughs> men. <laughs> yeah. So he is, um, he just, I, I mean, I think he really enjoys it. I mean, and then what a beautiful thing, his daughter is an artist too, and she will come and she offers her time to come and help paint with the residents. And like come up with projects. Well, um, we did like for Easter, we painted Easter cookies. So they're actually cookies that you can eat. And then also we did, you know, bookmarks, but it was watercolor. It was beautiful, you know. So um, and some people think they can't do it. And then other people are great artists, you know. So that's kind of a story. I feel like that was very just divine. And he, you know, and he ended up and he's okay, you know, so he enjoys it. Oh, that's great. Now, our listeners, my listeners know that I come with notes. And it's funny, where I was going to go here is just the fact that you're in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. Most of our listeners aren't. I wanted to have you tell us about your site, which you've been doing uh, as we've been talking. Um, and I, my comment in my notes is I spent quite some time on your website, and it's beautiful, with large rooms. 
And then I put almost worth moving 2000 miles for. But oh. before we but before we started uh, recording, you said that people do move from Spain, from Texas, from all sorts of places. Tell us about that. That's crazy. Oh, it was amazing. Yes, ma'am. We again, we have family members that live here. They're maybe their son, their daughter, their aunt, uncle or niece or cousins. And they may see that their loved one needs a little bit more closeness. They're getting, you know, they may be declining a little bit, things of that nature. And so they move. I had this one couple, they were fine. It's a beautiful story. Actually, the couple in Spain that I was telling you about earlier, he actually caught Legionnaire's disease. They did a, which was horrible, but they did a virtual tour and he, and they have a son that lives here that actually it works for the university, he and his wife in the drama department. So that was really cool, that connection. And then they could see their grandchildren. Well, so we do a virtual tour. We, I work with the doctor in Spain. And as soon as I did the virtual tour, they said, we're coming. I said, really? And I, I mean, I've never done that before, you know, and sure enough, we planned it. They flew over here. Do you know that man, he, her husband, I saw him, he could not walk when he, when he moved here. I mean, that much, you know, because of the legionnaire, which is very rare, okay, that people get legionnaire's disease. He walked out of here. They decided to go back to Spain because of the cost of living. And they said, Tanya, they wrote us a long letter stating how much they loved it here. And I'm not just saying I have the letter to prove it, you know, and that they just decided that they wanted to go back now that he was doing so well. And they decided to go back to Spain. And that's what they want to do. It's their life. It's their money. And, but we had a beautiful experience with them and to see somebody heal from a very rare disease. So it was a beautiful story, I think. But yeah, we have people move from Texas, Virginia, Illinois that I talked to. So um, California. So all over the country, even Arkansas. Okay. So having, having looked at even the floor plans. <laughs> Yes. Um, I'm sitting here. I'm. You can see I'm wearing a fleece and a and a cowl neck here. Right. Uh, my mouse hand is really cold. I'm looking uh, outside and the wind's blowing and it's overcast. Tell me about Baton Rouge. Convince me to come. <laughs> okay. We well, it's a little bit warm, but as you can see, it's sleeveless. Right now, we're having amazing weather. We it's cool. The humidity is low, but. Baton Rouge is a big, small town. We are LSU, Louisiana State University, is our kind of our base. And people that love college sports that are into, you know, to SECs down here in the South is SEC. They love, we are all big football fans, you know, and big sports fans. So we love going to see Mike the Tiger, going to the games. And that's, you know, and, and some people aren't sports fans. But we are, we have, since we are the capital city of the state, we have the state capital. We have the old state. We have beautiful churches that are over 100 years old to go see. And because everything is centrally located and we're actually growing so much south, you know, towards or east too, towards New Orleans. But um, it's just a beautiful oak trees. You know, it does get a little bit warm with the humidity, but some people are tired of the cold. They are just tired of shoveling snow. They're tired of people can slip on that, you know, the ice, the all of that. 
and then they come and enjoy it and they just love the weather. So it's, it's, it's what you tolerate and I guess you're used to, but, um, it's just a beautiful, um, we're known for our oak trees and, um, over there. And we even have a subdivision in a street name called hundred oaks, because that's how old the, the oaks are, you know, they're over a hundred years old. And so our, you know, floral, decor if you will of the city is beautiful and so and then again we have the sports and the museums and the art culture bands um we have outdoor concerts it's live after five downtown you know every friday in the spring and then they do it in the fall so you know it might not be like a huge city like you know chicago or dallas but we still have lots of culture here you know i don't think you would have enough time to do everything so, and we're not far from New Orleans, which of course everybody knows because of Mardi Gras and everything. <laughs> and so I tell everybody that wants to come and visit, look, I'll show you around Baton Rouge and we'll go to New Orleans, you know, because everybody <laughs> wants to go experience the French Quarter. And so we're only about an hour and a half away from there. So it's, it's a win-win. And then you can go for day trips. We've gone for day trips. We've gone to see like one year palaces of Versailles, you know, in Jackson, Mississippi, going down to the quarter even. So yeah, we do all, you know, you can do, I mean, and of course our restaurants are fabulous. I mean, you'll gain tons of weight for sure. <laughs> if you like to eat. <laughs> yeah. And our seafood is amazing. So. I think you're more, more of an ambassador for your whole region, yeah. let alone your, your site okay. there. Oh, right. dear. Well, it's interesting too, that you said it's sort of like, I can't remember just exactly what you said, but it's so like a small a big town small, small city town. Yeah, yeah yeah and I think so many Canadian cities are like that I mean I'm in Victoria oh, really? here and oh, yeah beautiful. so so just to to transpose from here to there with nicer weather and warmness <laughs> I can right, handle that right. <laughs> that's right and and we we're not far from lakes and you know the Mississippi oh and by the way we have the Mississippi River Bridge so I have friends in Chicago and I, I tease them. I say, hey, I'm at the under, I'm at the other end of the Mississippi River, you see, because there's a lot of travel and there's a lot of plants over there. And that's um, there's even called the West Baton Rouge, which is a huge culture and they're small and they even have amazing. So you can get the best of both worlds, you know, so you can go over the bridge and do West Baton Rouge because they have some amazing cultures festivals and then their museum there's just so much because we have small towns and because of our culture of like sugar cane because of our crops you know that we grew all of our life plantation homes I mean that's Louisiana culture you know and so you're not far from all of those plantation homes and you get the history you can have lunch you can spend the night you can do all of those different things they even have one uh, one plantation home is supposed to be haunted okay I've been on the tour but I'm not going at night okay because the ghost really might come out no but um it's different things like that that you get to experience that you don't see in other cities that I know of and um it was in Indiana they have the Amish country I got to visit that one time and that's unique up to up there so down here it would be you know the plantation homes a little Cajun uh, one of my best friends is from a little small town called Eunice and they I mean they make crawfish this big they look like lobsters but um yeah. And so you can get to experience the Cajun culture, too. So we have all different types of cultures and dialects, too. And you can even kind of distinguish 
who lives where, even in the boroughs, if you want to call it that, of New Orleans. So some people live in a little town town called Chalmette or Metairie and things of that nature. And it's kind of, I kind of think of it like New York, you know, they have the Bronx, they have, you know, all the different boroughs. Um, we just don't call it that, but they all got a little different, even um, twang or, you know, um, how they talk. Yeah. So it's, it's a really fascinating if you never even, um, Swamp tours, you know, things of thinking you're going to see the alligators. Everybody thinks we live in alligator town, you know, or something. We all live in the swamps and we don't, <laughs> you know, but it's fun. Yeah. Well, if you ever need a side sideline career, you've got one as a travel okay. agent. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yes, that's right. Oh, dear. Yeah. So what I was going to start to say to the listeners is just that, you know, having been through your website and clicked all sorts of links is there's all sorts of information on it. And so, you know, I recommend that our listeners do go to the website, have a little look around. And then when they're planning their next vacation, you've just convinced us all to go down to your part of the woods. And just while you're there, listeners have a tour. (laughs) Phone time you up and have a tour. And then when you're ready to make the big move, it's all there for you. That's Um, right. That's right. We'd love to have them. Give our listeners the web address for your site, okay. please. Great. Thank you. It's called, um, it's Williamsburg, W-I-L-L-I-A-M-B-U-R-S-G, of course, WilliamsburgBR.com. And um, and so we are, our, the building, our architectural of our building is like Williamsburg, Virginia. And that's what we were based on. So even though we're not in Virginia, we're in Baton Rouge, that's what our owners wanted to have. And it's beautiful Victorian trolls and blue. Feels like a big dollhouse, you know? So it's a beautiful and it's unique. So, and, and, the, and the main thing too, is that as you can see that we're a big family. You know, I tell everybody, once you walk through that door, you're family. It doesn't matter if you live here or not because it's just this, that's just how we are. So that's what I love about a big, small town is everybody's so friendly. And I'm sure it sounds like that. I love, I'm meeting more and more Canadians on a book club via Zoom, yay, that um, I'm doing personally. And so I think it would be the same thing. You know, you have, you know, this one knows this one, this one knows this one, things of that nature. You know, this family may have been in the furniture business and everybody knows their name forever. So we've had that, you know, when I say the word of the furniture company, every resident knows which everybody knows who they were. They just closed it a while back, but, you know, living here, they know it. So good. Okay, so I always put links in the show notes and on your bio on our on our webpage. What haven't I asked you that you either want to tell us about your site or about independent or assisted living? Oh gosh, mm, I could talk for hours. <laughs> <laughs> so I think that just to be open minded. And just come and take a tour. If you're interested in your area and you want to stay in your area and you're interested in independent, just go and see. What have you got to lose? Hey, we offer lunch for anybody that'll want to come because they got we got to have good food, right? It might not be the most heart healthy, okay? But food is important. Um, As we grow older, I think some people tend to not be as interested and nutritionist food. Now, fried chicken is not the most nutritionist, but it's better than eating sweets all day, you know, because sweets are not going to benefit our health. But we have well-rounded down-home 
you know, cook meals. And so I think it's very important to just be open minded and just know that it's a that people truly care and that they do want the best for you. And to really, you know, I've had um, if you're looking for an independent and assisted, I've even had family members do their research and they'll print out all these questions and they're like, okay, do you have this? Do you have that? And that's okay. They're doing their homework. Then they put spreadsheets together, but you know what? Some people just walk in the door and they say, oh my God, this is it because they can feel it. You know, it's just like when you, when you maybe have, you just know and present, I want to say, you know, meeting people in person, there's nothing like it and um, meeting residents and um, just seeing how people just truly care and how friendly they are because everybody's scared to make a huge move and they want to feel comfortable. And we want everyone to feel comfortable when they walk in the door. I think that would be it. And just to, you know, if someone that's a retiree that is interested, just to give it a shot, just go and look, you know, there's no commitment. And then if family members are looking and they're concerned about their loved ones, maybe an aunt or, you know, someone like that, or a mom or dad, just to be open-minded too, you know, cause it can be very, very, we're the most competitive in town, but it can be very, very cost, you know, cost prohibitive, if you will, beneficial rather, not prohibitive. When you put side by side on how much you're spending at your home and you put it side by side on what we you would spend here, that list of what all, everything you're paying for at your home, homeowner's insurance, you know, property taxes, AC guy, all the repairmen, all the lawn, housekeeping, that adds up, you know, compared to one uh, rent amount and you got all that. I tell everybody, you have a 95,000 square foot home. You don't have to cook or clean or (laughs) even change the AC filter, you know? Well, I know I mentioned a couple earlier that that I work with and now they're they're also paying for uh, someone to mow the lawn, a landscaper, uh, someone to come in and cook, someone to come in and clean. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness, it's just so top yeah. heavy. It would be so much more it relaxing is. to be at a, at a site. It is. So. It is. And they feel like they're on vacation. I had one resident move in. She said, I'm at summer camp. My daughter has to get on my schedule. I'm so busy because she was participating in every activity. It was the cutest thing. I was like, and she's still, she's doing great, you know, five years later, whatever it is. Oh, that's great. Okay. Listeners. If you have thoughts on today's show, please talk to us. Leave comments where you're listening, or if you're listening at the Boomer Woman's podcast at boomwithabang.com, scroll to the bottom of the page and talk to us there. Leave stars and reviews where you can. They help us grow. And for early access of upcoming episodes, there's a sign up under this conversation at Boom With A Bang. Share this episode with anyone you know considering a senior living community for themselves or for a loved one. There's so much great info and food for thought, both at the website and Tanya's just shared so much with us now. If you know someone in the Baton Rouge area or you're curious now that our travel agent has been so (laughs) well promoting it, it's really imperative that uh, those people listen to this episode too. Tanya, thank you for being my guest today and sharing your knowledge with us. Oh, thank you, Agnes. It was my pleasure. I feel so honored. Yeah, I hope I answered all your questions. And I I just thank you. It was a real honor. And a pleasure. I feel like I know you. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's great. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Have a great rest of the week. Okay, you too. Thank you.